Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez with my co-host Brad Binkley and our all-time favorite activist and interview from Voter GA. It is the one and only Garland Favorito. Hello, Garland. How are you? Hello, Monica. Hello, Binkley. How are y'all? I'm doing good. Great, but don't you have a really action-packed weekend? I can't believe you made time for us. Well, we I, we had a rally today. As you can see, I'm still decked out in voter GA gear. <laughs> it was really great. Um, I got a lot of love up there. Um, nice. And, uh, and we, we uh, were able to, we gave away a lot of uh, uh, apparel for a $20 donation. Um, so that worked out great. And by the way, Monica, your apparel is on uh, on the way. You'll have it for the next show. And, nice. and Bink, I'm so yeah. excited. And Binkley, we'll have to get you yours. We'll let you. I'm gonna give you one color of each hat, and you can pick which one you want. So. That's a good Maybe looking should, hat you got. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should thanks, put thanks. a T-shirt on Charlton Heston here. A little get the voter GA T-shirt and yeah. yeah. His, you want to his... cover up that that, that <laughs> chest there? I mean, he's wearing a fur loincloth, but I like it because it's from Planet of the Apes, where he he says, "You maniacs, you blew it up." I feel like. That was predictive programming. I don't know. But anyway, so yes, I can't wait. I'm going to, maybe I'll deck out my whole area with our various swaggy t-shirts. That would be cool. Yeah, babe. So, okay. Um, So what's your, you have a a rally tomorrow too, right? I don't know. Do I? I haven't checked my schedule. I thought you were busy tomorrow. Did you have two rallies? So you had two things going on this weekend. You don't even know. Oh my God. I did. I thought I, you I had two I lost track. Somebody's got to inform me where I'm supposed to be. I, you know, I've, I've completely lost wow, track. Wow, so you have people now. Uh, you know, well, my we girl, do. I don't know. My people tell me where to go, and I just go. Sometimes <laughs> there's a jet there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun last that week. Actually, was it was it was a turboprop. It was a double twin engine prop and there that was, I got to yeah, there was one time when Mike Lindell oh. flew everybody to his place, right? He did. Yeah, that and was back when we did absolute proof. Where is are are we still waiting to see your video contribution to that? Yes, we are still waiting. I'm not sure why he's uh, holding off on that. I think he may he mainly wanted to focus on Dominion, and my piece of that was right. was pretty small compared to some of the other folks. Um, like uh, the folks in Michigan and who had bigger, they had much bigger piece as well as uh, Dr. Shiva out of Massachusetts. So, so uh, yeah, well, I don't know where that's going, but we'll, we'll see. Now that all eyes are coming back to Georgia and who knows what he might do. Yeah. What's the, what is the, let's hope, well, let's answer this question real quick. Joe Lee, we love you too. Thank you so much for your support. We do it most every Saturday. I'm hoping that you will get to actually read, look at the ballots and we don't have to do it forever, although we could keep doing it just for fun. But for now, we're well, hoping that this gets resolved at some point, right? Thank you, Well, Joe. Well, yes, that's true. But now, uh, as you know, we filed the lawsuit to ban the Dominion Democracy Suite system in Georgia, 5.5, and... Um, so that suit could go longer than the ballot inspection. We don't know. Oh, yeah. So what and, happened with that? Oh, so this week, so we got a response from the state, which is uh, kind of a hoot. And so when you're ready, I'll walk you through the response that we got. And we got probably a dozen false statements back out of that. So we're kind of used to getting false statements from 
you know, the defense on in any case. But these are, are pretty interesting and they're almost uh, laughable. In fact, my, my cohort, um, um, Ricardo Davis, I've never seen him laugh as hard when he was, we were reading this response. Really? I, yeah, we would, he was just in stitches because um, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So, so um, well, should we get to that or should we, is there, there's nothing else on the ballot inspection front because you're waiting but this is annoying to me. So the judge last time told the people said a bunch of like the Fulton County people, officials said a bunch of stuff that wasn't true. And he told them to go back and give him more information about that stuff. Is that correct? Like they were saying things about the investigation that can't doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't yeah. understand why they got to go next. Like, why did he send them away to come back again? I really, you, you explained it last week, but I don't mm -hmm. think I asked that the question in that way. I think he was just really irritated with the defense attorney because the defense attorney uh, said that, well, you know, you don't do anything because GBI is already investigating. He says, what? You know, I haven't heard anything about GBI investigation. So he went around the room asking us, uh, our attorneys, do, do, have you heard about this? And we all said no. And because uh, there is none. And then he, um, I think he also mentioned that our, our affiant, Susie Voles, had just recanted. That's not really true. And then um, the thing that really upset the judge was when he said that his protective order was inhibiting a Secretary of State's investigation. So uh, that really fried him. And that's what I think he, he kind of called him out and said, okay, I want, let me, let, we're going to have a stay for 20 days. I want to get a report as to what the status of these investigations are. So um, that's going to be interesting. We'll see that, you know, and, you know, we still have 10 or 10 or 15 days to go on that, at least 10. Well, here's an idea. Since the lawyer lied to the judge, can't you guys petition the judge to start court back up sooner? I mean, I don't know if it works that way, but there should be, I don't, I don't think that we probably could, but uh, I, I don't know that he would do it. And then it's 30, uh, you know, we have 30 days to respond. So we're going to want to really uh, respond in in kind to, you know, what his statements are. So um, it's probably not worth trying to get it earlier because we're not going to be able to start until January anyway. Oh my so, gosh, this is so crazy. It's been a year and none of this would have happened if those agents provocateur had not interrupted the, the process on January 6th. Like it, this whole thing that they took the, what happened on January 6th and they act like it was a, they, the way they refer to it in the mainstream media is that it interrupted the certification of Joe Biden, but Joe Biden, the electoral college was Biden's the process that they interrupted that day. These people who supposedly were Trump supporters definitely isn't how it went down, interrupted the process by which that those electoral votes were scrutinized and might have been questioned having been cast for Biden. You, I, and Binkley, we all expected a three-day process, sixth, seventh, and eighth, I guess, um, a three-day process to investigate those or to vet those electoral votes. And that's what it was interrupted. I can't believe we're going to be a, a year from then. It would have been resolved. There would have been a two-week investigation after that. And a lot of the stuff would have had to have been resolved before the inauguration. Right, right. You know, the irony of this is that um, when we go back to court on November 15th, that's the exact day, uh, one-year anniversary of the, of the signing of the affidavits 
from by the wow. by the by the poll managers. It's like they got a list of obstruction tactics. They're just going one by one to just kick kick the can down the road a little further. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty good at it. I, I think they're about running out though, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so let's hear the Dominion thing. This is the response you got when. So tell us again what the you there was a judge have to refresh my memory now who said that the dominion machines violated the law of georgia so right, right now the voting machines they're using uh is in violation of the law of georgia as per the circuit judge u.s district court district i mean court. yeah wow. yeah this was a federal lawsuit and so so just to give you the background because that that that's what really makes this humorous um the u.s district court ruled in October 11th, 2020, it's Judge Totenberg, it's up on our, our homepage of our website, that the systems violate Georgia law because they accumulate the votes in that QR code, the in-person votes, and you as a voter cannot verify what's in that code. You can't read it. And uh, there, there's no way you can verify your, your votes. So the U.S. District Court explained the law. They said the law requires uh, a human readable text and a, uh, a vote, uh, elector verifiable ballot. And then the court said, and the voters who vote on this system get none of these things. So they were very, she was very clear. She, she looked at a, probably the most comprehensive set of evidence ever to have been uh, conduct, uh, collected in a, an election case in Georgia. And she made two 150 scathing, uh, page scathing rulings. The first one, she said that the Secretary of State was, quote, his, the office was, quote, not credible, unquote. And then the second one, she made this ruling that the, uh, the system violates two Georgia statutes. And I would point out that the statutes are really to the point there. It's not, you're not just looking for stuff to get mad about. You, what can, if you can't verify what you, the vote that you just submitted and you can't audit the count later, what then, I mean, those are the two essential elements of election integrity. So it matters. It's not just a technicality. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so this didn't happen. The, so she did that. She pointed out that this does not, that the current system, it really is mind boggling. So, and you, you're suing. So they came up with an answer to your suit, right? That's what happened this week. And you're going to tell us about that now. Yeah. So they was, and this, the answer and our lawsuit are up on voterga.org on the legal tab. So the, uh, and I'll go through, there's probably about a dozen points that are just not uh, true. And, and some of them are repetitive. So, the first one was that they said that the system was mandated by the Georgia General Assembly. Well, the Georgia General Assembly didn't mandate a system, an unverifiable illegal system. They mandated ballot marking devices, but they did not mandate that there would be a QR coded voting uh, system. So that was false. They then said that we had delayed over two years we had only delayed uh, basically for about six months because um, we waited uh, for some point in time for the judge to declare the relief, you know, for this for the uh, system. And then after the January election, you know, then we uh, you know, she didn't provide relief before that because it was 
her decision was too close to the election. So she said, we have to go through it. So that takes us through um, not only just November, but also January. Uh, so then about six months after that, when she still didn't get have relief, then we, we started filing this one. So they claimed that was two years. That's, again, completely false. Um, they said the petition fails to show that the state's electronic voting system does not comply with the statutory requirements. Well, we certainly did show that. We showed the two statutes that um, the court ruled was in violation of the law. Uh, so that's that's kind of a bizarre claim. And uh, they then said that we uh, would prefer conducting by hand marked paper ballots the elections. I mean, that would be a preference, but uh, it's not what we, the, we didn't say that we preferred that. I mean, because you could have gotten ballot marking device systems that don't put the votes in the QR code. So that's another alternative. What um, Can you answer what state does it a way that you would be satisfied with? All, to be honest, Monica, almost every state has a better implementation wow. than, than Georgia. Wow. The two, yeah, the, the two, what in my opinion, are the most corrupt installations of electronic voting equipment in the country would be Georgia and South Carolina. South Carolina has a statewide unverifiable voting system by ESNS, which is uh, basically as bad as the one in Georgia, uh, because I believe that one also has a QR coded accumulation. So, so the voters in Georgia and South Carolina are in really, really um, desperate need for something that actually is legitimate. Um, so, so uh, again, so it said the, the the brief went on to say there is simply no legal basis for the court to set aside the policy decisions of the legislature. Again, well, the legislature did not. Uh, make a policy decision to have an unverifiable QR code voting system. There's not, there's not that in there. They allowed ballot marking devices, but they did not uh, say that they had to be QR coded. Well, it sounds like the legislator is the one who, the legislature is the one that put in the requirements that they be verifiable and auditable. Yes, so it's exactly opposite of what they're saying. And this is what where Ricardo just went into hysterics when we started reading this stuff. So, um, Lawyer humor. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> lawyers can say anything and get away with it. It's just unbelievable. Uh, um, so they have another one that says the BMB system complies with Georgia law. Well, I've, you know, we just said that it doesn't comply with Georgia law. We explain why, but they have put into their brief that it does comply. So uh, really uh, humorous. They then went back again and said, we made an inexcusable delay in bringing this action two years late. You know, as I just told you, it was only six months late. And here's, I think this is the one that really uh, got to Ricardo. It says uh, that, the, that the BMD system, uh, I'll read you the whole thing. For the court to dis discard the BMD system, contrary to the express will of the legislature, would be extremely prejudicial to the state and the public. Okay, contrary to the express will of the legislature, the legislature expressly, their express will was that they wanted human readable text and a verifiable auditable ballot, uh, neither of which we got. So that's, uh, I don't know, you just can't make this stuff up. Um, just a couple more, a few more. The, the BMDs create an auditable, verifiable paper ballot as required by statute. Well, they don't create 
a a uh, verifiable uh, ballot. This is what the U.S. District Court's already ruled. And in addition, it's not really even auditable because they're using the risk-limiting audit procedure. That's what they claim to be using. But the inventor of risk-limiting audits, Dr. Phil Stark, has already written to the election officials and said, you cannot use my procedures to audit a ballot marking device system because you don't have the original source record of voter intent. You only have what the BMD produced. And then the burden of, of, of checking the BMD is now placed on the vo voter, and that's not acceptable. So uh, that's, again, false. Um, they then said that the certification testing and auditing conducted in 2019 and 20 confirmed that the BMD system is accurate and in compliance with every requirement of Georgia law. Well, we just said it's not in compliance. We explained why. And the, the logic and accuracy testing cannot prove that the system is going to be accurate on election day. The only way you can prove that is with auditing. Um, another one they said was any, any electronic system of voting is necessarily going to involve encoded data in order to, for the ballots to be read by the scanners. So, oh, in other words, we're stuck. It's going to always be this way, no matter what system we get. Again, false, because we had two systems, the clear ballot and the heart intercivic system, which um, did not require encoded uh, voting or interpretation of the votes. So, again, another false statement. They had said that the BMD voting system was approved by the legislature more than two years ago. A, B, a BMD voting system was approved, and you know, they could prove for purchase, but this VM, BMD voting system that was purchased with the, in, you know, it was unverifiable, was not approved by the legislature. So uh, last two points were um, that we had a chance we had ample opportunity to bring these claims sooner, including before the 2020 election cycle began. Well, we our claim was bolstered after the U.S. District Court ruled that we were correct all along, that, you know, Curling v. Raffensperger, and that the system was, in fact, uh, not legal. So that's, you know, we're bringing the claim because the U.S. District Court ruled that and, and, and couldn't do anything about it until uh, January, February this year. So finally, um, that if we were to change the system, the county elections officials would be left with the choice to implement a voting procedure in violation of state law. Um, that's not really true either. We can choose to uh, implement one that's, that is in, in compliance with state law. So those, I don't know how many of those are, probably about 12 or 13. That is, and this was just a small brief, but it was chock full of errors the way that you know we've seen so many times before, and um, it it's it, it, they're almost laughable. Some of these are almost laughable. So, so now, so now what? You just have to answer them one by one. I mean, can't is this going to go on forever? Like with the other guy, who who's the judge? The judge in this case is Kimberly Esmond Adams, and we we think that she's a good judge. Um, we've had her. In a different case before, uh, and, I've, and she actually knows who I am, so um, we we think that she will be a good judge. So we are hopeful that she'll do the right thing. But she wasn't, she wasn't the original district judge who made this ruling. It's not correct. Back to her. Okay. That's right. We're going into state supreme court right. asking for this now. But the U.S. District Court 
could choose to make that ruling at any time. You know, so they they could um, uh, grant the relief. Uh, the relief that we're requesting is to get the system out of the state of Georgia. Yeah, that would be and great. What's preventing them from doing that? Well, uh, yeah, it's a good question, uh, Brad. Uh, so they are... Um, they're locked in, basically Brad Ravensburger is what it all boils down to, is locked into this system. Um, so he, you know, he's the one who authorized the purchase of it. And the, you know, the legislature has grounds to say, look, you know, we explicitly said, uh, put in statutes, that means that, that prevents the system from being legal. So the legislature has an out, whether or not they were uh, sincere about it or not, but Brad has no out on this one that I can say. Brad Raffensperger, it's as though he did not exist when you look into his history before he moved to Georgia. Like, there is no record of his childhood. There's no record of his upbringing. There's no mention of his mom or dad. It's every piece of information about him from his bio is just the same cookie cutter. He kind of reminds me of when John Ossoff came on the scene. It was just very obviously... Uh, an operative, trained, a groomed operative that was put into a place to do a thing. But I, I got to looking into him, and there's just nothing on him. The information I found on him prior to him being in Georgia, which they came in the mid-'80s, I found from his mother's obituary. And he grew up in Canada. His parents moved to Canada for some very vague, strange reason, from what I can gather. And he grew up in Canada, and he went to college in Canada at a very what seems to be a very progressive university. And then all of a sudden... He moved from here. He moved to here from Virginia, where he used to live, right outside of Langley, near CIA headquarters. Now I don't know if there's any connection there. I just found that a little bit funny. Interesting, very interesting. And so, and, and, and you are the the consummate researcher. So if anybody can find it, you can find it. They, he's wiped, man. They cleaned him off the internet. I think. So Regina says that her county in Michigan uses ESNS. Is, is it a county by county choice or, or would that mean that the whole state did that? No, in, in Michigan, uh, in almost all states, it's a county count by county choice. Only South Carolina and Georgia, to my knowledge, have a state statewide implementations. Yeah, the more centralized these systems are, I mean, if it's bad, it's bad for everybody. But also, I think that's how you, you can really turn an election if you control it all from kind of one lever she says three dead farmers voted i guess she knew that they were dead she called the township and nobody cared wow uh, and, and it's, it's happened in georgia as well have you heard this um it's been shown the state paid dominion two thousand a day to run elections i think we talked about this a little bit last week and five thousand dollars on election day in fulton is anyone doing a separate criminal lawsuit in georgia why what's wrong with that shouldn't dominion be paid um, well, yeah, they should be paid. Um, but one of the questions that comes up is why are the counties letting Dominion run elections when you're supposed to be certified elections official to run elections? So the counties have been giving Dominion uh, way too much leeway because they don't know how to run the system. And they, wow. rely, and they yeah. rely on Dominion. Just, yeah. And that just should not happen. But that's no. that's what's happening. Wow. Um, uh, for many counties. Regina says she was involved in the recount uh, and they pulled the, the three farmers, I guess, but they were just like, oh, I don't know. How'd that happen? Wow. Um, wow. Okay. 
So, uh, this is, whoops, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let's start with here. But we the people need to support groups like Garland to hold and fight, but I'm afraid no matter what is shown, there will be no justice. But don't you think that goes to the fact that um, they, that people are, people see this, this point Achilles made, more and more people are seeing just how corrupt the whole system is. And that's why Trump, well, I, would, I wouldn't agree with that because I'm actually not a Trump supporter, but I do... I do promote election integrity, but don't, do you think Garland that people are just really waking up to this now? Well, certainly the Republicans are, are waking up to it. And the Democrats have known for a long time about the corruption. They felt that they've been cheated all the way back since to 2002, at least in Georgia. And I, I believe that they were cheated uh, in several races, you know, starting as soon as the systems were implemented. Uh, but now the Republicans are waking up. So, which is kind of good because now we have both sides awake and warning election integrity and ballot transparency. So that's a huge help in trying to get things done uh, in the state of Georgia. So I'm kind of excited about it. I think the challenge there is getting them to agree on the definition of what that means because they're being fed different ideas of what election integrity is, which is causing them to come into conflict with each other. Yeah, and we're trying to be consistent about that. Well, you know, certain things that we want and things that we don't think are that good idea. Um, so, and hopefully for the most part, we've got some pretty, pretty good agreement. I'd say on about 80%. Nate says, have you seen the surveillance videos involving ballot harvesting where a small number of people dropped off thousands of ballots at drop boxes? Thanks, Garland. I, I have, I have uh, not seen them. I'm, I'm aware of them, but I haven't, um, actually seen the videos, um, myself. I, I think that's true. The votes, um, that did that. But uh, no, I would like to see those at the appropriate time. Let me ask you something. Is Lynn Wood still involved in anything? I just saw him pop up in the headlines earlier today in the context of 9-11. And the article is all about Lynn Wood came out today and said that no planes actually ever hit the buildings. And then they started saying he's the guy who's behind all the election integrity challenges, trying to just demonize the whole effort. Is he still involved in any way? Not, not really, not to my knowledge. I think he might have some appeal pending somewhere, um, but he's not, hasn't been that very, that actively. He's been kind of quiet. All right. Regina says, we have a big township meeting on the 12th. I think some things are, some things are going to explode. My city is about 5,700 people. Last meeting, over 360 people showed up. Wow. 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 Now that's in. That's People Michigan. forming their own groups in support of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Michael, it's in, it's in he says, whatever happened to Ruby and those on camera double scanning ballots? Yeah. So they, they you know, the, the on camera double scanning still exists. Uh, Ruby will eventually be deposed once the discovery restarts and she'll be able to explain some questions. You know, she'll have, have shot to answer some questions. This one I actually did look into. It was shocking to me. Shocking. Yeah, I remember you finding this, Monica. Barbara says, look at a group called Landmark. They train Democrats to run as Republicans. Raffensperger came out of that group. This is public information. He's an operative. Now, Monica, did you connect that Raffensperger came out of there? I, I, I found something that said I, that. I don't remember. I mean, it's possible. It is possible, but I that doesn't ring a bell to me. It, it, I might have come across it, but I do specifically remember there was some 
woman who was running as a Republican in Johns Creek. And she had been seen at um, an event like a while, maybe the year before, like abortions and tacos, something really. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. I mean, something that like, I don't even want to read it. I didn't even want to read the flyer to bring the story. And she later claimed to be a Republican. She had to stop running because it was so obviously. Barbara, if you got some links that has it, because I did find something that said that Raffensperger came out of that the other day, but the source that I found seemed a little bit, it it didn't, I I wanted to find another source to to verify. So if you have a link, Barbara, you could put it in the chat. That'd be great. Yeah. So I I can clarify a little bit of that. So Landmark Communications is run by uh, Mark Rountree and they ran Brad Raffensperger's campaign. And when Brad Raffensperger was elected Secretary of State, he uh, tapped Jordan Fuchs to be his assistant secretary of state. She uh, was, uh, you know, instrumental in his campaign at Landmark. Uh, has no election experience whatsoever. But uh, so that's that's where that connection uh, goes. I'm not. Okay. I don't. I think it was. I don't actually remember specifically the name of the thing that I had found with the abortions and tacos check, whether it was landmark or not. I assume it was because they are training Democrats to be Republicans. Uh, the group I found. So I don't know if there's more than one group like that. I could find it if I had a second. Oh, I'm sure there's groups like that everywhere yeah, yeah. across the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always laugh at people who believe in the two party. Thing. I'm like, what is to stop somebody from one party to infiltrate the other party? Well, yeah, that's Such the whole this. foundation right of there. the. Look at that con- one. I, you know, oh yeah. Uh, did you hear that Trump was supporting Stacey o- over Kemp? <laughs> yeah, so he made that comment. Oh, at the rally last week when I was when I spoke, uh, you know, after when he's when he gave his presentation down at Perry, and uh, he mentioned he said basically I'd just as soon have Stacey than Kemp. So he's pretty frustrated with uh, Brian Kemp. But again, Donald Trump was the person who endorsed him. Uh, and that's what gave Kemp the governorship to begin with uh, by, in his primary with uh, Casey Cagle and some of the others. That yeah. Casey Cagle thing was fishy. The leaked audio? Oh, my gosh. They, set in, they sent in somebody from a really connected political family. I mean, I'm not an old Georgia person, so I don't know all the details, but it was somebody who really had bones in the political sphere in Georgia for decades and decades and decades. And this kid came in, and obviously Cagle totally trusted him, and it was just like a Blagojevich moment where they actually, like if you listen to all the leaks audio of Rob Blagojevich, in Illinois, like you would think that he was, when you just hear the excerpt, you would think he was the most corrupt guy in the world, but I don't think he was. I think it was, he was absolutely just a normal politician and that's how they talk and that's what they do. And there is just an absolute iron wall. Like you never let that, nobody on either side ever lets that stuff leak. I feel like it's, that's why like, um, Putin doesn't talk about ISIS that way or whatever. Like, it's just like, we don't cross that barrier. And a couple of times that barrier has been crossed, but I, in both cases, Blagojevich and Cagle, I don't think either of them was any worse than anybody else. Yeah. That was Clay Tippin who uh, made that recording. And he was the I believe the son of Lindsay Tippins, maybe he could have been uh, a nephew, but um, Lindsay Tippins is a former chair who worked, uh, you know, re- directly with Casey Cagles. 
um, as as a senator. He he did say that she he you'd be better off. Like he didn't just say she'll she'd beat him. He said he'd be okay with it if she did. He did say that. Trump did say that. And you can say, well, he just talks. You know, he just says stuff without thinking. But I don't actually believe that. I think that I don't like it. Right. Kelvin, uh, so Barbara says that Gabe Sterling is another operative. He worked for Dominion during the election, then returned to a state job. Uh, yeah, so my understanding is that he was a contractor for the state, um, and he worked. I don't think that he, I don't think that he worked directly for Dominion. I think he was a contractor for the to, to the state of Georgia, and then he did return to his state job, as, as Barbara says. See, but that revolving door is is a source of big corruption. It really feeds insider information into the private sector. And at the same time, those private companies own the guys on the inside of the government. I mean, this is fascism. That's what that is. There used it's to be a chart somewhere where there was it showed all the people in Congress and how when they were out of Congress, they would just go back over to these major corporations. And when they're done with there, they go back into Congress. And it's like almost all of them. Yeah, I mean Rumsfeld. I, I I think Rumsfeld. I I almost feel like he 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 went to in back into government just to get like NutraSuite approved or something. Like it was something <laughs> crazy like that. It was like the FDA kept rejecting, kept rejecting, kept rejecting. And Rumsfeld shows up, and he had been CEO of Monsanto or whatever the hell it was. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it's approved, and now ninety five percent. Well, probably prior to the recent medical thing, 95% of all complaints to the FDA were for, for NutraSuite because whatever. But yeah, that revolving door has real implications mm -hmm. on our health and welfare. Nate says, is there an ongoing investigation into Stacey Abrams' involvement in supplying election workers through Happy Faces, a company she is directly financially involved with, one of many companies she's involved with, actually? Right. So she has, a, I think, a 15% stake or 16 in the company that secures the debt for Happy Faces. But no, I'm not aware of any investigation. Raffensperger worked where, Barbara says? I, I wonder if they're still talking about Landmark um, or Maybe. Dominion. I don't know, because that, there's a little bit of um, crosstalk. In the I'll chat. tell you, Ra Ra Raffensperger's got about I, I must be 50 organizations that is registered in his name. You go to the secretary of state site and you can see the corporation registration thing. And every single one of them looks like a front operation to me. I can't find any actual, like I can find an address, but a physical location or whatnot. It, it, it just all seem very, very suspicious. Interesting. Kevin, well, you know, he, he wants to declare bankruptcy. Kevin thinks that, wait, who wants to declare bankruptcy? And um, Brad Ravensburger once declared bank bankruptcy. Oh, once declared back back in the I think it was two thousand and eight or so. Yeah. But our hero declared bankruptcy a few times, didn't he? So, I mean, our hero in caps. I'm just whatever uh, the protagonist in the story. Who's, who's our hero? I'm not. Trump, sure. I was just saying Trump has. I was being a little. I was trying to use the literary our hero, like uh, the protagonist in the story or whatever. Oh, uh, gotcha. Is Trump and Trump declared bankruptcy numerous times, but Kemp, Kevin, Calvin points out the that 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 car explosion that killed his daughter's boyfriend 
might have been sending a message. I mean, that's something so horrible to speculate about, right. but I think right. I, I do speculate about stuff like that. Yep. Nate says, which forensic expert is John Gordon using to inspect the ballots? And is she credible in your opinion? Well, okay. So John Gordon is not um, involved uh, directly in this case. I think he's trying to help raise some funds. Um, and um, uh, wow, that's a very good question. I don't, I, I, I don't know if I could answer that question um, because it's it's some information that's pretty touchy. But uh, so, but John is trying. Oh. John is um, uh, he he is trying to raise some money. So, and I think he's trying to help us out, and or at least he's trying to help um, the other side. But he doesn't explicitly use any um, any expert. He's not he's not a a plaintiff in the case, um, and he's not an attorney, to my knowledge. Uh, he's just, I think, trying to help uh, in the fundraising area, from what I understand. All right, Achilles says, that's why I love Trump and the grassroots movements happening across the country, because they're trying to get rid of all the corruption. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like that, that they are you know, sincerely trying to do that. they got to give them credit. Raff, Barbara says that Raffensperger worked for Landmark. That's interesting. I'm not aware of that. I only know that Landmark ran his campaign, Landmark Communications. I'm not aware of him actually working for them. But if there's any information about that, I would like to know it. Yeah, I would. Me too. So, all right. Mark Davis says, where does the audit in Arizona go from here? Is it over? Yeah, so uh, good questions. Um, so they produced their report and they made a lot of recommendations to the Senate. So I think that the first thing that's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of legislative changes as a result of the audit. So a few things that they found in the audit, I think we talked about these last week, but um, they found, Dr. Shiva found, and I'll just give you one example, that, and, and Monica read off about nine of them, last week. But one of them that struck me was that thousands of ballots were counted that didn't have signatures. Uh, and that's that's absolutely uh, fascinating uh, for me. And when I talk about signatures, I'm talking about signatures on the envelopes. Then on the security aspects, so there were several things I thought were just stunning. And uh, one of them is that the system, the election management server for Maricopa was being accessed both to and from the internet for a period of almost a year, from some five months or so before the election, or I think it was eight months, to about five months after the election. They uh, also, the, uh, Ben um, Cotton found a dual boot system within the, the computer, within the, the server. So it had two hard drives, and one of them had uh, really, it was going to had had external data on it from South Carolina, from I think Washington State, and it really should never have been in there, or shouldn't certainly shouldn't have been set up the way it was to be able to go outside and with a different, um, in a whole different manner than the election management server is, which is behind the firewall. And then the third thing that really struck me was that they, they when they gave the server to the auditors, they deleted all the election results data. So, um, and, and, and they used a shared password so you couldn't find out who that was. 
but I believe they had gotten pictures uh, at that point in time and or video uh, camera footage, and they've been able to figure out who that was. And hopefully that person will be charged. Well, what's, isn't the explanation usually when stuff like this happens that that was just incompetency and Raffensperger or whoever stepped in and got rid of the person, so the problem was solved? Yeah, I don't see how they could say that that's incompetency. But but that's they always are trying to cover up corruption and why saying that's incompetency. Yeah. Joe, not a Fed, says, <laughs> who gets to decide when the Georgia audit goes forward? The judge? If so, other than optics, why does he keep on allowing challenges? Well, uh, one reason is I think he wants to make sure he, he doesn't he can't be appealed, uh, which is good for us. Um, so if you're talking about the Fulton County ballot inspection, uh, the judge will decide when that goes forward. If we're talking about a Georgia audit, then that opens the door for other things. The legislature and Governor Kemp can, uh, I believe, uh, have the power to call for an audit statewide. And we think that they need to do that. And we'll be able to show more evidence coming out, uh, you know, to justify that soon. So um, I think so. you got two different uh, answers there, depending upon what you mean by Georgia audit. I'm assuming that is, is Georgia, literally a, a statewide audit, and that would have to be the legislature or the governor. Interesting. All right. Uh, how much do y'all, Chris from Achilles, how much do y'all trust the Attorney General of Arizona? And did you hear about them looking at three people to possibly bring criminal charges against because of the audit? Criminal um, charges against them. I, I, I haven't heard. Uh, I think that the Attorney General in Arizona is much more trustworthy than the one in Georgia based on uh, our experience in dealing with his briefs and stuff that are, have false information in them. You wouldn't but, have to be very trustworthy to be more trustworthy than Brad Raffensperger. Yeah, yeah. But he's not the uh, AG. Right. Chris Carr is the That's AG. That's right. It's true. Secretary of State. Chris, Chris Carr is, and he, Chris Carr basically filed the amicus brief for Brad Raffensperger, and he didn't have to. Um, he didn't have to do that at That's all. Infuriating. But, uh, because they... The other guy it was a different one who did, wouldn't pursue your civil case or, or your criminal complaints against Kemp on the 2016 election. Was it the same guy or a different guy? No, a different guy. That was uh, that was actually Paul Howard, the uh, Fulton County DA at the time. Um, so the other thing that Brad, um, that uh, so Chris Carr did recently, and we haven't really talked about this, but the, um, the Attorney General and the Secretary of State appealed the decision that the Libertarian Party got to reduce the ballot access requirements from 5% to 1% in the U.S. congressional race. So it was a huge victory. Georgia has the most, um, the most restrictive ballot access requirements in the country. And he was able to, the Libertarians were able to get a reduction of that, tremendous reduction from 5% to 1%. So an 80% reduction by a U.S. district court. And then Chris Carr and Brad Raffensperger turn around and appeal that decision. So, so basically, Chris Carr has put Brad Raffensperger and the state of Georgia on record as being totally opposed to election transparency in that case and totally opposed to freedom of choice for the voter in, in this decision uh, regarding the libertarians. So it's a really uh, disgusting place to be in. You, you add in, throw in the consent agreement that Chris Carr signed uh, which basically subverted the signature requirements in Georgia. And that's a horrible track record for any uh, AG to have. 
Well, I wonder if we'll be hearing about all that in um, Brad Raffensperger's upcoming book, Integrity. Probably not. Joe. Integrity counts. Integrity counts. We agree oh, on that. Integrity. Yeah, that's right. Joe says the Arizona AG still has not arrested the two people in the audit found to have wiped out election data. Enough, enough for 1,000 years in jail each. He will cover it up just like Ruby. No justice. Hmm. Okay, that would be very interesting. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. So, um, I uh, I'm hoping that the AG will be uh, more uh, have more integrity than that. However, if history is any indication, I think that uh, that might exactly be right. You know, we, historically, the AGs and the district attorneys have covered up uh, corruption by in government officials. It's an interesting question here. Does Georgia have an election coming up in November? And if so, has anything changed in Georgia's election process? So, uh, yes, they do have an election coming up in November 2021. And has anything changed? You know, we did pass Senate Bill 202. Uh, ballot images are now public record. There are some differences. Some drop boxes are eliminated, but not enough. Uh, so there'll be some changes. Some things will be better. But overall, I don't know that it's going to solve the problem. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, so what is your next week or two looking like? Well, uh, so next week we're going to be preparing to go back to court for November 15th and try to prove that the attorney general um, gave us false information. Uh, we are still um, really kind of, um, kind of recovering from last weekend. I just, it's taken me all, all week. That was a really exciting week, uh, getting to speak down at Perry um, for uh, a few minutes on election integrity. I got to lead off that um, that rally with, uh, I was the first speaker up uh, after, that was the national, some crap. after the national anthem. And that was really exciting. Uh, so I was uh, honored to be able to be asked to do that. And, uh, uh, you know, we got a lot of publicity off that and, uh, we're just trying to, uh, you know, suck, soak all that in and do the best we can with it. Uh, we'll be working on more fundraising uh, opportunities. And that's, I guess that's it. That'll occupy a week in a heartbeat. And voterga.org slash donate. Is that the correct? That's name? it. That is it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we do cash checks or uh, PayPal and it's all tax deductible. And uh, I'm, again, an unpaid volunteer. So it's not, no money's going into my pocket. Fantastic. Shameless plug for self. Jennifer says, thank you, Monica Perez. <laughs> Love your DNB propaganda report show and miss you on the radio in Atlanta. I wonder if everybody knows that Binkley and I do a daily news show at thepropreport.com. We used to be on WSB radio in Atlanta, but we got, we spoke a little too much truth to power. That's yeah, what I think. Cute. And, uh, but <laughs> Thanks to the wonder of the internet, we still bring it to you every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. And pretty soon you're probably, you may may have a bigger audience here than you did there. I have, it is quite, we really have exploded lately. Although we always do, do once a year, we do a meetup, which you were at Garland last year, this year, whatever, in April. Yes, that was fun. We go to Neighbors Feed and See, that's one of our sponsors. And anybody who is in the area wants to come meet us, Garland will always be welcome. You're probably the star. But it's super, super fun. It's like he's got pizza and slushies and we just say hi to each other. So 
And I, I met some really, yeah. no, I was going to say, I met some really nice people there and some, I actually developed some friendships off of that. Oh, you know. nice. And Aviva yeah. had a great time too. Yeah. Yeah. She did. Aviva can put on a fantastic show, by the way. That performance she gave at oh, the, yeah, uh, the event that yeah. um, that I was at, great show. She was just getting warmed up. I mean, the, the, the band uh, hadn't been together that long, so that's why she was willing to do the show. So, um, you know, hopefully maybe we can do that again sometime. Matt so, wants to know if us as citizens need to start watching drop boxes to make sure that harvesting isn't happening. Yeah, so uh, this is a really good point. Um Drop boxes have really no business in Georgia, and particularly when they're when they're outside of a uh, of a of a polling location. Now, I can um, I I don't partic particularly have an issue if you put a drop box for mail-in ballots in the um, in the polling location, and it's open during the hours when the polling location is is open because there. You can watch anybody who comes in. You've got the whole, all the poll workers there to watch anybody come in. So nobody's going to really stuff the ballot box then at that point in time. But to continue and to have drop boxes outside and claim that video coverage is going to uh, provide security for the voter, that is just an awesome lie. Uh, it's not, that can't happen. Uh, the you know you, it would take thousands of dollars to get the video and they wouldn't give it to you until after the election. So this whole premise that you can have an outdoor drop box to drop something in is just a, a, a horrendous uh, insult uh, to every voter in the state of Georgia. And that was implemented by Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Who is he working for? I, I'm telling you, you can't find anything about this guy if before he know, lived in Georgia. It's crazy. If you want to know who they is, Big T, they, they, trademark. If you want to know who Big T, they is, find out where that guy sends his weekly <laughs> intel report. Uh, anybody ever asked him, where were you born, Mr. Secretary of <laughs> State? Where did you grow up? Has that never come up? What was your life like before you came to the state of Georgia? Because there's not a hint of any of it anywhere. Well, it is interesting that both uh, Dominion and Brad came from Canada. That um, is totally weird. That, you I know, mean, I think that's just I, a coincidence, but it's. I don't know. I have a feeling that in an effort to move towards the North American Union that came out of the CFR that William Weld wrote and Heidi Cruz signed off on. I mean, I started to think that. There's a there's a merger afoot. Not that other people haven't recognized that as well, but I always thought if the if the election had broken in Ted Cruz's direction, or maybe yet to come, Ted Cruz, who was born in Canada, I believe he comes from Mexican heritage, and he's uh, supposedly U.S. Well, he's a U.S. citizen now, but um, I figure he's slated to be president of the North American Union. I just feel like they're oh. trying to a lot of overlap between among the countries in North America, like on purpose, they do interoperability drills between the military. They, they do a lot of stuff that is a little fishy. Read the document. It's I'll see if I can find it real quick. It's about the North American union. Uh, I'll put it in the, in the chat here. Oh, yeah. good. Interesting. 
Regina, um, I was under the impression that the drop boxes were monitored. Yeah, well, they're monitored by video cam for surveillance. That's what happened last time. And and to get that video surveillance, they want you to be, spend thirty, uh, fifteen thousand bucks, and, and they'll give it to you two months after the election's <laughs> over. So I mean, the premise of the thing is just ridiculous. And it'll be like the the worst camera angle you could possibly find, and probably fuzzy. Like uh, replays in Major League Baseball game. They never have the right camera angle so you can see the evidence you need. Nadia, Nadia put a clip in the Nadia. chat of your uh, Save America rally speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nadia uh, did, uh, She, I think she clipped up that maybe uh, for us. Uh, it's from C-SPAN did a great video. Um, and uh, thank you, Nadia, for sharing that. And I got to give a shout out to Nadia. She has been so amazing she's covered all of our video in the in the courtroom first one in there she was the first one to cover us when we uh took down the georgia 400 toll all the news media picked up on that you know the, the, the news media has been using her footage uh, tucker carlson used it without credit yeah. um it's just um she's done some amazing stuff at aon used her footage again without credit i think so um i might be wrong about that but um, she's been invaluable, as have several other folks um, uh, to us in, in terms of getting getting information out. Yeah, she's everywhere. She's got those. She's got those videos up, and she gets them up like right after. She does great work. Not only is Joe not a Fed, he's not even an American. So he's a Canuck. He's he's uh, making sure that we don't slander the Canadians. No, we're not. So we'd never do such a thing like that. Oh, he said you got to watch those damned. Where did that comic go? Oh, sorry. It's there. It's, uh, it's above. There it is. Joe said you got to watch those damned tundra dwellers. They fit right in, and they don't always wear lumberjack shirts. Very sneaky. Little insight from our friends up north. <laughs> All right. Matt says drop boxes are monitored, but as citizens record them, since they are in public, we can re release anything we want. I think that that could very well be where this is going just in general in society, that everybody is recording everybody else all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be an improvement over them recording us and us not allowed to do our own research, not allowed to upload our own videos. Look what happened. All the people who wanted to up upload their p their videos showing peaceful protests or just, it was like a festival on January 6th. They can't because you'll get arrested just for being there just for, I mean, it is, the, it was the most passive peaceful exercise of the first amendment rights. And boy, they figured out how to just grind that thing into the dirt. Okay, I, I have to follow up on this here. If there's any truth to this, I would love to see some links the that talk. Yeah, why about would you the, think that? Why the comment says for for those of you listening okay, and not watching. Yeah, says yeah. Brad Raffensperger was involved in a bizarre cult of animal worship. Now, if there, uh, you have any links, put them in the chat or send them to us. I, I would like to see them. Yeah, I, I would too. I'm not aware of anything like that, Doctor. Deneen Peterson used to have a website called Stop the North American Union. She predicted border processing going on way north of the border years ago. Interesting. Williams says that Davis, Arizona State Senator Sonny Barilla, is that right? Barilla? 
Pirelli, uh-huh. Pirelli says he's going to use the Arizona election audit to try to nullify the election. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what the grounds would be. It could be several things, but um, there's a lot of security holes and flaws. Uh, and 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 the as we talked about, just we just talked about a few of them have been caught. And then you've got the issue of all these invalid ballots being counted. So I, I think the truth is that you really don't know who won in Arizona when you really come down. And, and there, that would be the just the grounds to try to nullify it. It's mind boggling all week to hear the news report that what was uncovered in Arizona in that report that was released just just confirmed that Biden won by even a larger margin and, and, and just every I mean they were just telling like it was a, a different reality from what the other side was telling and, and you you clarified it very much saying that it just kind of exposed that there was problems in the election but it didn't give any indication as to really which way they went exactly that's it in a nutshell I mean the tally kind of confirmed the, the existing tally uh, from as pretty closely, but that tally included all the all the invalid ballots, and we still don't know which where they fell. You know, and so that's uh, that's a, a huge question that's still outstanding. You know, okay, Matt asked if we catch someone ballot harvesting, can we citizens arrest them? You know, they're changing the citizens arrest laws in Georgia since that Ahmad Aubrey case that happened. Uh, I guess about a year and a half ago or so. Now they've already changed. Yes. It. I don't know what the new laws are. But I think they're trying to limit the ability to conduct citizens' arrest. Right, and I'm not sure exactly how how limit how limiting they made that. I, I just can't help. Every time I, I hear that, I keep thinking about Gomer and Pyle saying, "Citizens <laughs> arrest, citizens <laughs> arrest." But it's you a good thing. Yeah, yourself. yeah, it's a good thing to have. Nidia asks, how do donors get a receipt for tax-deductible donations to VoterGA.org? They just ask for it. That's all they have to do. There you go. I just use the receipt. I get. I do it on PayPal, and uh, and PayPal yeah. just sends you an email, and I just use that. Yeah, plus you have your check as well. So um, really, I'm, you know, that, that's your receipt. Uh, so you only have the cash donations are probably the only issue. Joe, not a fed, says guards at state borders is how the feds get the army being used against citizens. Achilles says, what do y'all think about Project Veritas and would Garland work with Project Veritas to protect election integrity? Well, I think I, would, I think I would work with almost anybody uh, to to uh, protect election integrity. You know, I, I, I had a long conversation with a, a longtime friend today who's a. Uh, a, a been a long time. She's a progressive and very, very, uh, very totally dedicated to the same things that I'm dedicated to. But she was very concerned that I was in front of you know the, all the Trump people, and uh, we had a long conversation, probably of almost an hour and a half. Uh, and I was coming back from the rally on the phone. So, um, but um, I, I guess my position is. If anybody wants to stand for election integrity, I'm going to stand with them. Now, I don't really care who it is. I don't care if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Right now, uh, Donald Trump is standing for election integrity. And, you know, I, I'm glad to stand with him because he's kind of leading this movement nationally right now. Uh, or and not maybe leading it, but he's a leader in the movement. And shoot, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy to, to stand with him or anybody else that wants to lead election integrity in Georgia. Do you think that's what his campaign, if this continues on, which it looks like they're going to try and 
continue to drag the process out. Do you think that is what his campaign will be based on if he runs in 2024? And do you think he'll run? I, I would, I'm, my guess is yes and yes. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling he'll run and, uh, and, and he's going to, I think he's going to be supporting the Republicans and help them try to uh, overtake the, the, uh, the Democrats in the house. And then I think he was going to run again. But, uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that election integrity is his ticket to going back to the White House because there's half of America doesn't believe he lost. Uh, and and uh, this is what I was explaining to my, my, my friend today, you know, uh, it, you know there's from, from November the 4th on, half of America does not believe that he lost. And they deserve to know the answer as to whether or not he really did lose or or not. You know, was, well, I don't, and I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just know there's a lot of evidence out there that appears to indicate that he may not have lost. And we need to just simply open up the kimono and find out uh, what the truth is and then be done with it. And everybody can be happy. It's well, going to be quite a story that people will read about in 50 and 100 years. And I, that often seems to be... I when documents get released and things are declassified and the, the picture gets, gets painted a little bit fuller, at least, at least it seems to, to be painted a little bit fuller as time goes by, but hopefully we'll, it will be expedited and uh, we can reveal these truths a little sooner. Hope so. Oh, set. oh go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, let's just end on a couple of little notes here. Garland is our only peaceful chance to save Georgia. No pressure. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and then um, just so well, people know, go ahead. We got a ton of volunteers that are yeah. they're backing us up, and they they take so much of the burden off me. I, I, let me just give you an example. So I showed up today at at this rally, and um, and I was I, they, I got so much love. I, I showed up with with our, our gear and a bag, and the people came up to me and said, hey, "We we got this." They took the bag. They took the hats. They set them all up on their table. They said, "We want to be a part of this." It was the, the wow. maga. It was the maga drag folks. Uh, the wow. maga drag folks. Did they are, give you we, the money for the swag later? Not only that, we I, yeah, they gave me. I, and so I got I got half the bag back, and like about five hundred bucks in donations that that uh, they had collected. In in you know so we give away kind of thing yeah we yeah fish and a love thing yeah so we you know we give away a hat or a shirt for a 20 dollar mm-hmm. donation so and so i get the a bag back uh, when i'm leaving with a half a bag and uh and and about 500 bucks in cash um uh, and uh which you know that goes a long way to cover our our um expenses so uh it's just like that everywhere i go people there say you know we got it you take care of it go go make your presentation we'll take care of everything else well, that's how it should be. You've got a yeah, great organization. And that is a reflection of the leadership and the founders and all the people who are on the yeah, top too. Exactly. It's well, it's well, it, next time they say, and, and by the way, next time, let us know in advance that you're going to be here or anywhere else. And we'll, we'll help you out again. Yeah. yeah. Joe says Garland Favorito. <laughs> this is what a real man looks like. I would agree. You take action and that compels others to want to take action as well. And uh, that's, that's just a good lesson in general. All right. On on that note, let us say goodbye for today and hopefully see each other again next week. Great. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Pinkley. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Okay. Bye-bye.